Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, fellow gamers, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads who love gaming, and on Thursdays like today, we pick our favorite news articles of the week regarding video games, and we break them down for you all. Please rate our show five stars and leave a written review. Please also check out our Patreon page if you would like to help support the show financially. Even if you just support for a month or two, it definitely helps us out, and supporters get bonus episodes twice every month and access to everything ad-free. Just visit MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's looking mighty sharp in that new custom Mythic skin of his, it's Michael. Yes, it took me an entire (laughs) year to get this ready. I know I've only been on this show for six months, Mm -hmm. but it took me a year to make this and put it on, and I'm very proud of it. (laughs) I see you're on that Blizzard timetable of, uh, of, of programming, which we'll get to in a little bit. Hey, whatever's right. (laughs) and with us i think he's currently hiding from rockstar because he leaked 90 videos of gta 6 footage it's josh it was not me (laughs) you can't prove anything and also josh snitches get stitches paul (laughs) (laughs) you thief you (laughs) oh man i wish i could be a hacker honestly like that i I would 100 percent. i'm not if anybody's listening but i would 100 (laughs) percent love to know how to hack things yeah i think it's a lot more boring than they make it appear in the movies it's like a lot of dos code and trying to figure out weakness and programming i bet it's pretty boring i would use it for good only guys (laughs) you'd be a white hat hacker if I were to intro this show, I would introduce you as the thief and the rat, because Paul just called him out. He did. <laughs> nice. Guys, our show is packed, packed, packed oh my goodness. today. Yeah. We, we cut stuff that normally would be like a headlining article. Uh, we are going to try to get through so much today. We want to talk about the GTA 6 leaks. We're going to talk about the new Overwatch 2 Battle Pass system, along with the hero card of Kuriko. We had a PlayStation State of Play with a God of War story trailer. We also had Nintendo Direct with an announcement trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. There is just so much to talk about. But I think the biggest news of this week, what we got to talk about first, are the GTA 6 leaks. Does that work oh, for you guys? Oh, boy, is this news. <laughs> we Just so people know, this news broke this morning. So we yes. record the show a little bit early. We had our show planned out. And then all of a sudden... On Reddit, it's like, the, uh, you know, hey, there's a GTA 6 leak. And normally I don't pay a ton of attention to those because I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
but it was blowing up. And yeah. that's when I was like, guys, and I don't think you guys were even up yet, but I was like, guys, uh, <laughs> there's some serious news happening right now. And man, what what news it is. Oh my goodness. So much content. That's the other thing too. It's not like a leak of a couple screenshots. Like this is right. 90 different videos that all range from seven seconds to three minutes each. These were released by a person with the username Teapot Uber Hacker. And they are also the same person who is claiming to be the hacker of Uber earlier this week as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is like really big news. Apparently, they are claiming to have gotten in to the Rockstar employee Slack, and that's where they were able to get all this information. So, what I thought was the most interesting is that there is a full three-minute video of a diner robbery, and I think we got to talk about this. Oh, man, do we ever... Now, it should be said that this is a very early early build of the game it is functional but the the characters look kind of like crash test dummies <laughs> you can see all kinds of code going on in the background i mean this is not like polished gameplay by any means but what it is is functional gameplay mm-hmm. for a game that we are predicting to release in 2025 so the fact that they have this much functionality and they're probably still three years away, is a good sign. And I think that's why there's so much hype around these leaks right now. Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible because we've seen in the news a lot lately with people being afraid to show actual gameplay and afraid to reveal, you know, like name the skull and bones with people talking about their game. This was not Rockstar coming out and like putting it out there, but it almost seems like a good PR move if they were to plan the whole thing and call it a hack because this is really good looking for what we at for for where we are in the development of this game. Like we might be 3 years away from this. We might be two and a half, who knows. But at the same point, like just watching the functionality, the characters move around very real like it's a very very natural look to the game, the way they move around, the way they're walking, the way that the, they already have all these voice lines in there and so forth. And also, we got a little teaser on the Bonnie and Clyde duo because we we talked about it like a month and a half, maybe two months ago with the actual game, how it's going to follow like four different characters, possibly in three different storylines. And we kind of got confirmation in this little clip again because we have, what were their names again, Paul? The Yeah, so we have Lucia and Jason. I don't know if those will be the permanent names. They could just be placeholders. But we see the two of them sticking up a waffle diner, which I really wonder if it's supposed to be a callback to Pulp Fiction because it's very similar. They are robbing the registers. They are threatening the people that are in the booths. And I think one of the really neat things that we've never seen from a GTA game is you can walk up to people And there's like a list of different things you can do with your buttons. And so we see where you can like threaten people to get them to sit back down. We've had things like that in GTA, but there's also options to put zip ties on them. So that way they can't move or get up. I thought that was awesome. There's also a timer at the top that shows when the police are going to be notified. I don't know if that's just in like the test build. I don't know that that's necessarily something you'll see in the finished game. But it's pretty neat that you get to see them robbing all of these diner customers. And then all of a sudden, the cops show up. And now they're fighting the cops. They have to try to escape. And this even has music. Even the music is intense and really incredible. This feels exactly like everything you love from GTA. It does. When you first watch it, like I mean, I know my initial reaction was like, 
wow, this looks terrible. But again, we're super far out, you know, and these are just character model type functionals. You know what I mean? Like art, the artistry has not happened on this game yet at all. But then it's like, I actually started watching what was going on. And that's where you really start to see kind of behind the curtain a little bit. Like you said, Paul, there's a lot of different options that you have as a character now that you didn't have in other GTA games. So it's almost like I'm going to rob this diner. That's part of the story. But how do I want to go about robbing this diner? Do I want to restrain everybody? Do I want to threaten everybody? Do I want to just murk everybody, you know, and grab the money and run? The fact that there's a timer that you know you're on before there's police presence says, hey, I can play this like uh, the dead presidents, you know, from Point Break, where it's (laughs) get in, get out before the police ever even know that something happened. And I really like that aspect of it because I don't think that's something that we've really seen in GTA games very much is that freedom of choice to kind of approach things how you want to play them. And so when you start kind of seeing that, that's where I think we're starting to see some of the next gen type stuff that everybody's hoping for from GTA six. Yeah, It almost adds in like an RPG element to the grand theft auto games that like, is it possible that if you get in and get out that your mission changes a little bit or the story on what happens afterwards, or if you go in and murk everyone, is there a different path that it follows? And it almost seems to hint towards that a little bit. It might not be that fleshed out, but it very well could because they're not going to put out GTA five, uh, part two, you know what I mean? They're going to make some innovative changes. They do in every GTA game. Uh, some people watch these and, and they might've thought, you know, there's a couple parts where the AI looks kind of funky. Like when uh, at the end of that clip, you see the cop car getting stolen, the cops still stand there. I would not worry about that. Anybody who watches no, this, no, we're no. very early. They're probably still working on the AI or they haven't even implemented any real AI in these tests. This could just be literally programmed, uh, movements. So nothing to worry about there. I'm excited. I like it. Yeah, and these worlds in GTA are so detailed. Like like Josh mentioned, some of the art is not done, but a lot of it really is already there. If you just look at the diner and you see like bumper stickers that have been placed on the counter or like the posters on the wall, you can see some of the dirt and grime like near the bathroom. Like that kind of stuff is exactly what you have to love from these Rockstar games. Uh, not so much like the GTA Definitive Edition trilogy, oh, where man. the art goes wild. Um, but in this case, you get to see how beautiful that stuff looks. You know, there's another very short clip that shows rain, and the rain is not just an overlay, which is one of my pet peeves in games these days. You yeah. actually see the raindrops fall on the ground. You see the wet concrete and the puddles forming and little splashes from the rain. You know, those kind of details are exactly what make GTA games stand out from something like Saints Row. Like, as much as I <laughs> love playing Saints Row, even this this old, dirty build that's so unfinished is like, oh yeah, this just shows the difference between these series. This is the cream of the crop. This is what we're all really waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Paul, you got to call out what you saw in the police car, though. I don't know yeah. if that's big news or not, but it seems like big news to me. Definitely seems like we're back in Vice City, which is what a lot of us have been I'm calling willing to for. bet we're in Vice City at this it looks point, like or at Miami. least yeah. for these characters. Now, I do know that the initial intent with GTA 6 was it's going to cover multiple cities throughout the country. Now, we did talk about them pairing that back some, but in this case with uh, Lucy and Jason, they're in Vice City. Like I am willing to bet that based off of what we saw. 
Yeah, we saw palm trees. We see VCPD on the cop cars. Now, other people did note that some of the assets are from GTA 5. So you might see some references to San Andreas and things like that. But I think it's a pretty safe bet to say we'll be in Vice City with at least uh, these two characters. Now, a couple other quick things that we can mention here that might get you guys excited. The code makes reference to things like Equip Jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. When, when have you ever complained about jetpacks being in a game? I mean, never. never. There are references to police knowing your vehicle. So people are thinking maybe this means to evade the cops. It's no longer just drive really fast and hide under an overhang. You might actually have to swap vehicles because the police will have like an APB out and they'll say like, hey, they're escaping in this kind of vehicle. So you might have to go into the parking garage, swap vehicles, get off and, uh, you know, escape police that way, which I think is very cool. I always thought that would be one of the best improvements they could make because if you're breaking the law like you break the law in the GTA games, the cops are not going to just simply give up very easily like right. they do in the game. So like for a game that's so realistic in a lot of ways, that really breaks the realism for me. And so to to need to put a lot more emphasis on do not alert the cops or you are in big trouble and it's going to be very difficult to then get away, you know, it's still possible, but that's a much bigger aspect of the game. I would personally love that instead of just, hey, drive and hide somewhere. And then like the cops are dumb and they give up. So I if they make that a thing to where, you know, hey, if you are if the cops are after you, you're in big trouble at that point. Oh, man, I would love it. Yeah, it almost adds a little bit of a stealth aspect to the game where maybe you you have a lot more of a penalty if you get caught, so you have to be more careful. Yeah, I would you love gotta that. be a better criminal at yeah. that point. Like you have a stash <laughs> car, you've got like like if you're gonna go rob a, a donut shop or whatever they're doing in this, like wear a mask and then change cars, take the mask off, change your clothes, and then the cops are not as savvy on it. That makes sense, but then if you do mess up it's horrible for you. Like there's lots of large consequences. I think that's something that would really add a lot of realism and fun and a bit of a change to the GTA formula. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if we see stuff like that with GTA online. There are all of those prep missions before you do a heist. And I wouldn't be shocked if this has stuff like that, like find where you can crawl under a fence to get, you know, behind these lines, go leave a change of clothes in this, you know, shed. And then maybe you have to plan this stuff out a little bit better, which I think would be awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that we're looking at some builds that people are guessing are from 2017 is just absolutely wild. I was already super hyped. This does nothing but confirm all of it. Uh, the hacker does claim to have the source code and the testing build. I can't imagine that Rockstar would want that stuff out. Um, I'm sure that they're mad about all of this being oh, released, yeah. but honestly, everyone just seems super hyped. I think in the end, they're, they're, they're going to be okay with the free publicity, but that's only if the hacker doesn't actually release the testing build. I think that would actually be, be pretty bad news. Yeah. I, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, you know, for the most part. I, I, like I said, a lot of these videos, Paul, you touched on it, but it bears repeating is that a lot of the videos that we looked at are actually time stamped, like, or date stamped from like 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So we're seeing stuff that was one to two years old, and we're already saying this looks good for yeah. where it's at. You know, and if we're thinking, hey, GTA 6 is going to release in 2025 or maybe late 2024. That means that this truly could be the next gen type game that we've been waiting 10 years for. 
yeah. at this point. And that's the kicker, right? Because, Michael, you said it. If they just released GTA 5 Part 2, that's a huge fail, in my opinion. You know, like, like I mean, I'm not to say that GTA 5 isn't a ton of fun still, but we're expecting something huge from GTA 6. And I think we're getting glimpses of that at a very early stage, which is giving me a lot of optimism at that point. And I think that's why people are hyped about this leak. It's crazy, too, to see those date stamped for almost two years ago. And just it shows how much work goes into making a quality triple A title like this because there's there's like 130 people working on this and that's just on the programming side you know what I mean like and that's a number I just kind of pulled out because it's an average <laughs> number based on based on what's in Michael's brain um, but it's just incredible how much work goes into this and to Josh's point like if if they were there two years ago where are they right now you know with what we're and where are they going to be three years from now when the game releases it's insane. Yeah. So GTA 6 news, uh, this, these leaks might be a little bit tough to find. They're all being taken down from YouTube and Twitter already. You might have to poke around a little bit if you want to try to find it. Although once it hits the internet, of course, it's going to be available somewhere. We, yeah. We have, we have them all. So if you, uh, subscribe legendary, uh, Paul will send you the zip file. <laughs> <laughs> or I was going to say just email Josh since he's the one yeah. who, who got it. You got no proof. You have no proof whatsoever, Paul. Also, I will hack into your bank account. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right, right. He already got Uber and he got Slack. (laughs) All right. Well, who would have thought that God of War Ragnarok news would be taking second billing? Right. We got this incredible three-minute story trailer from Ragnarok. This is the time of year, boys. Christmas has already started and it's only September. Uh, this Ragnarok trailer looks incredible. What what do you guys want to break down? I am so geeked out, you guys. When this thing hit, I posted it to our Discord. I posted it like everywhere, man. I, I literally, I know I'm a huge God of War fan, you know, maybe more so than most people, but this trailer had so many incredible things to see. I literally got chill bumps. Like, and, and I know that sounds geeky, but hey, you know, you're listening to us for a reason, right? It's like, I got no shame. And there's a part where he's arguing with Atreus a little bit in this trailer. And like, Atreus knows something. And maybe it's the, the spoiler that they showed at the end of God of War, which I won't spoil at this point, even though that game's been out for a long time, because I know there's going to be a lot of people that probably play that in, you know, in preparation. But this guy. Atreus knows something. Kratos knows that Atreus knows something and they won't say. And he's saying like, Hey, I can't, I, I, you know, I just, I know things I can't tell you. And they start arguing about how Atreus is protecting Kratos at this point. And he's worried that Kratos is going to die. And Kratos says, death can have me when it earns me. And I was just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You know? Cause it's like, this dude ain't afraid, man. We get glimpses of Skull and Hattie, which are the two wolves in Norse mythology that chase the sun and the moon eternally. And you see Atreus shoot an arrow into the sky, and these two wolves go flying into the sky to chase it. And the sky rips open and like peels apart. And night, like everything in this trailer just geeked me a hundred percent, man. I could not be more excited for this game. I uh, I don't have a lot left to say because I think that Josh just covered the whole trailer, all the exciting stuff. But I, what I can say this: I don't know the lore like Paul and Josh do because I didn't I didn't play the 2018 game. Which when Josh was just talking about how some people go back and play it, I have to I have to play it because this is a direct sequel. Uh, I know it's not like a direct direct sequel. I don't have to play it, but me I have to play it. What I can say though is Santa Monica Studios knows how to make a trailer. This was cinematic. Like the music was incredible. I felt like I was watching a story. Like without even having played the previous. game game 
I am jazzed to play this game. And the part that got me so much was the part that Josh just mentioned with the with the arrow that Atreus fires up at. Like it looks like he's firing at the sun. The sky rips open. The giant wolves go, and it's the moon. And I was just like, that was really cool. Only a demigod yeah. or a god could do that. And like that's it shows who they are. And a smaller point though, what I really got from it was this. There's a point that it's a really small part in the trailer where. One of the enemies, I don't think it's, I think it's a regular enemy, goes up to like they make this power attack with his sword, and and Kratos just elbows him in the face. It was just, <laughs> it just shows how confident and competent Kratos is as the god of war, and I just, I loved it. I'm jazzed. Oh yeah, absolutely. There was uh, I, what I what I really like about the story is that it seems to be a mirroring of the first, not the first God of War. You know what I mean? The 2018 God of War, where Kratos had his secret of being the ghost of Sparta. And he did not tell his son for the purpose of living a quiet life now in Viking country and to protect his son. And now we're seeing that mirrored where Atreus has his secret. So we don't know exactly who the enemies in this are going to be. We, of course, know Thor is in it. We get to see a half second where oh. Thor and Kratos oh. throw, throw their weapons at each other. They meet in the middle and clash. You know, we see some stuff like that. One thing that I did also like from a story perspective is where we hear a voice saying that Kratos is a monster who kills without cause and that he only thinks about himself. And he says, no one has ever prayed to you or worshipped you, kind of implying Kratos has been a very selfish god. Mm. And I wonder how that's going to play into the overall story. And uh, that's what I find, I think, most interesting from a story perspective is there going to be some overall reflection on who Kratos wants to be moving forward? And the the story itself, we don't see a lot in this trailer. It's definitely more of a teaser type, but it definitely got me excited. They show some stuff that Tyr, so there was all of the references to Tyr in the 2018 God of War, but yet you never see him at all other than on a couple murals, but there's a he he's obviously a main focal point. In the very beginning of this, you see Kratos cutting Tyr's hair with the uh the blades of chaos and so they're working together in some sort of way i don't know if that mysterious voice that you just referenced paul is here talking to kratos saying hey you know i'm the god of war i'm the peaceful god of war i'm trying to unite people and protect the giants and all this stuff why are you just so bloodthirsty god of war like if we're the same entity but in different realms mm. You know, nobody like I think he's actually trying to like influence Kratos and say, kind of stop, you know, <laughs> like quit murdering everybody. <laughs> it could be like I'd like to think that maybe that's Odin that yeah. is talking to to Kratos at that point. There's a lot of fan theories because we do see the Leviathan axe and Mjolnir clash and kind of stick together. There's a lot Pretty of theories cool. that Thor is actually only going to be like a minor part of the game. Like you're kind of like in God of war 2018, where you fight Balder a few times, you know, but then they're thinking, well, maybe he's going to move on to the all father. And so now this is Odin talking to, to Kratos and stuff. There's so many routes. This story could go. I, like I said, it's just getting the glimpses more and more of the story aspect, I think is what geeks me out more than the combat aspect of what they've shown. Just because the story is the, is what makes God of war so incredible in the long run. Yeah, I think that would be an incredible twist. Not really a twist, more of a reveal if during the, the game we play and we go to that level where you're you're 
going to interact or fight or how, whatever happens with Odin would be incredible. Obviously, there's been a lot of Thor-centric things in pop culture lately. Uh, Thor, There's been four Thor movies that Marvel put out, and we know a lot about the mythology and lore in there. I wonder if we're going to see something completely different from the God of War series, which I think we will. It seems like it might deep dive a little bit deeper or go more into the actual true mythology, not comic book mythology. Either way, uh, very excited about Thor. Uh, when I saw him in the trailer, and he's more rotund, I guess you could say, than what you see, you know, in like um, Chris Helmsworth body. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but but he's being played by Ryan. He's being voiced by Ryan Hurst. Great actor. Fantastic. Grovelly, grumbly voice. Uh, but when I saw at the end of that trailer, he catches Molnir, you know, and uh, and he's going at it with the God of War. I, I can't think that's going to be anything but a titan level of epic. Yeah, Ragnarok is clearly going to be in a 1-2 race with Elden Ring for Game of the Year. I think that's kind of a lock at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the word Ragnarok is like the apocalypse for that line of mythology, yeah. right? So that it might is. get into it, too. Yeah, I think that's safe to say, being that it's uh, in the title of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, some people just throw it around like, hey, Ragnarok, it's a Norse, you know, thing. But, like, is it going to really focus on this is the apocalypse and even, like, is you know at the end is maybe even um kratos working with odin and thor even though they're fighting at the beginning of the trailer who knows you know yeah all right well we're gonna take a short break and we will be right back all right guys at this point we're almost at the length of a normal twig oh. episode but we can't stop the episode here Keep we have going. to talk about overwatch 2 so on the day that this pod releases, Overwatch 2 is only 12 days away. <laughs> so it is within wow. arm's reach. It is right around the corner. And we actually got a lot of news finally about Overwatch 2. We've seen a couple of nuggets or little snippets of things here or there, but now we actually know exactly what Kariko's hero kit is. We are able to see all the abilities. We got all the information about the battle pass system. You know, a lot to talk about here. Let's let's talk a little bit about the battle pass first. So we know that there is a free battle pass that you will be able to participate in. If you choose to buy the premium battle pass, that is going to cost $10. And we know that in our seasons moving forward, each season is either going to have a new character or it will have a new map. And season one will actually have both. And we see that if you already have Overwatch 1 and you're migrating into Overwatch 2, you will automatically be given the new character, Kuriko. So that does, I guess, assuage a little bit of our concerns that we talked about last week. Are you going to have to unlock the character? Well, yes, moving forward, although Season 1 is the one that's an exception. So we'll all have Kuriko right off the bat. Yeah, and again, if you've played Overwatch 1. So if you haven't played Overwatch 1, but you're hyped for Overwatch 2, maybe you find <laughs> Overwatch 1 on Super Sale for like 10 bucks, you know? And then you just get that automatically, or maybe you just buy the Battle Pass for 10 bucks at that point. Maybe that makes more sense. But um, they did compare the two tiers. That's one nice thing that we got is for Season 1, they said, hey, here's the free tier for Season 1 and what you get, and here's the paid tier for Season 1. Um, some of the differences are, you know, immediate access to Kuriko. If you have not played Overwatch one, you get two weapon charms, two legendary skins, two souvenirs, a highlight intro and 15 additional items in the free tier. And then they jump down to the premium tier and they say, well, you get immediate access to Kuriko, 15% XP bonus, a mythic skin. Now, remember that because that's big. 
Five legendary skins, two epic skins, three play of the game intros, four weapon charms, three emotes, three souvenirs, six poses, six name cards, eight player icons, 11 voice lines, and 12 sprays. Now, do you guys care anything about any of that stuff other than the mythic skin? Almost not, no. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, not really. The, the only one that intrigues me slightly is the the name card. So, like, are you going to be able to earn titles? I guess that might be kind of neat. Like, you'll see those in MMOs a lot. So maybe if it's, like, you know, uh, something that gets put in front of your name, maybe I'm a little bit interested. I definitely don't care about the trinkets and the sprays and the emotes, uh, unless any of them are very funny, in which case maybe maybe they'll be kind of neat, but I don't really care that much. I, I don't know. I, I just they took Christmas away from me. We don't have the loot boxes anymore, and this is all loot box stuff. But <laughs> now I got the only person that likes loot boxes <laughs> I, I, yeah, and doesn't want, want them to go away. <laughs> I would save them up and just <laughs> and all the music. It was like Christmas, and I'm sad. But oh, I it pay. was a chore for me. That being said, I'll probably pay ten dollars for this tier because I want that mythic skin right away, and because we know. There is a lot of work that goes into these mythic skins, like roughly a year, right? Or a year of work, guys? Is that <laughs> yeah. yeah? So yeah, let's let's talk about the mythic skins. So in Overwatch One, up to this point, the highest level skins are legendary, and now with Overwatch Two, they are coming out with these mythic skins. And what makes them even more special is that they are customizable. So you will be able to change patterns and coloring of those skins. Now in season one, there will only be one mythic skin available. And that is for Genji who none of the three of us play. So I don't think any of us are going to be going after that Genji skin. I'm but... going to play him just to get the skin. That's just, the, <laughs> uh, that's the type of player I am. I'm like, I need the skin. I'll go get him. Yeah. Now the skin does look really cool. The one that they show for Genji. But the thing that I thought was rather mystifying is that they said these mythic skins take a year to create. Now, I am no developer, guys. I am no <laughs> art designer. How on earth could a mythic skin take a full year to develop? It, it doesn't. This is all just part of the hype piece. They came out because it's like, oh, well, you know, the main thing for the paid battle pass that we're trying to draw you in with, because we can't talk about letting you unlock characters early because that's a big no-no. We've yeah. caught a lot of flack for that. So let me point your direction away from the paid-win style of the unlocking characters and over here to these mythic skins, guys. <laughs> like, Don't look over there. Look over here. And what they said, why the mythic skins are so incredible, was, God, it takes them a year to make yeah. a mythic skin. And so that definitely makes that battle path worse, worse, worth it at that point, right? <laughs> Here's my question. Um, so uh, John Spector, the commercial lead for Blizzard, is saying, quote, we don't have any plans to do that in the future. That's not to say we wouldn't somewhere down the line. He's talking about selling mythic skins. Well, if the only thing we care about in this battle pass and anyone else cares about is the mythic skin, are they not already selling the mythic skin for $10? Yeah, basically. I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> but it takes a year to make. I'm always shocked at the people who actually really do care about sprays. Like, I, I could not care less. Uh, but there are people who are still going to want to buy them. Now, we do know that these seasons are going to be nine weeks each. So if you pay that $10, it's good for a nine-week period before the battle pass goes away. And they did say that for the first year, a majority of the new characters will be tank and support classes. I actually really loved to hear that because we have so many DPS choices. I would love to get a little bit more variety, especially for healers. 
So we're going to see some new options there moving forward. They did say that even numbered seasons, so seasons uh, two, four, six, eight, are going to have new heroes, and the odd seasons like three, five, seven, nine will have new maps. So every nine weeks, we are going to have something new. This is what th- this is the benefit of a battle pass system model where we're getting new stuff. Um, how do you guys feel about this overall? Are you happy with the battle pass system? Do you kind of hate it? What What do you think? So here's what I think. I think that every nine weeks at $10, a battle pass, they're making $60. Really, it's $57.78 a year off of you. So Blizzard loves the battle pass. Honestly, for me, with how much I enjoyed Overwatch, I'll probably pay it. Yeah. Well, I think we all bought Overwatch for 20 bucks. Maybe it was 30 at the peak. I don't really remember. So they're probably just banking on the fact that your average user is going to buy at least two to three battle passes and you know some people are going to be paying it every single nine weeks for the next six years. So I'm, I'm sure it's a good financial decision. I don't plan on buying these battle passes. I'm curious to see if I end up fizzling because I'm not going to want to grind for new characters. That's what I'm going to be curious to see. That's the other thing that we didn't touch on yet before we move on is that they did confirm that new characters will be available at tier 55 of a battle pass and i think they said out of 80 out of 80 80 80 Mm -hmm. tiers okay yeah so it's like you know they're not saying hey you got to get to level 80 on that but they did say you need to make it a pretty good ways in now they also came out and said that uh based on historical data from how much players play the game and that should be doable by the end of the season if you're not trying to grind for this character and it's kind of like okay so i mean if it's doable fine but the problem is I don't. I, they they haven't said what happens if you don't get a character. And they did say we'll 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 have a way to get those later on, but they didn't say what happens if you miss it either. So constant updates is the one benefit of a battle pass system. If they can consistently develop and release characters and new maps and all that stuff for Overwatch Two, that's a win because they have consistent financing to do that. And they also have to make them interesting enough that people want to spend that money. On the flip side, I'm really worried that's going to wind up with balance issues because who's going to want to grind or pay for that new character unless that character is OP? You know, nobody wants to unlock a character that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) So then we get into the whole power creep and balance issues and all that stuff that I am worried about, but we've already talked about that. So do we know, did they release how you progress through tiers? Is it based on wins plus time? Is there some algorithm in there? Do we know? I don't think they released the specifics. I I think it'll be almost exactly to how you level up in Overwatch right now, except you'll just level up within the battle pass instead of your overall level. Um, Now, I think the last thing to talk about with Overwatch 2 is Kiriko's kit. So we got to see it here. There is a major tie-in with Hanzo and Genji. We know that Kiriko grew up with them because Kiriko's mother actually trained Genji and Hanzo. Um, So we do see a lot of more Japanese-inspired abilities and aesthetics. Uh, Anything in particular in this kit that you found interesting as a support class? Uh, She's OP, uh, which we already know. Now, here I jokingly say that, but here's the issue. We talked about this a little bit offline, but here's a good example of a little bit of the concerns that at least I have, and I'm pretty sure you guys have, is this healer, she is a healer class. She she has abilities that allow her to teleport to a party member. Through walls. Uh, Through walls. She Mm -hmm. can climb up walls a la Genji and Hanzo, so her mobility is going to be very good. She can heal people. She can DPS by throwing her little 
Kuriko knives or whatever they are. Um, and she, she shoots out these little like paper things to heal people. But possibly the biggest ability is she can grant temporary invulnerability to her party, kind of like an Anna grenade where it splashes and hits in an AOE circle. She can grant invulnerability for what seems to be maybe three or four seconds. It's not super long, but they, they showed that where like the party was charging a bastion and then the bastion couldn't do anything. So it's like most healers have a heal, maybe a DPS and maybe like a fade like Moira, you know what I mean? Or Mercy where you can just dart from one character to another. And here comes a new character who has like six different abilities. That's not counting her ultimate on top of all of that. It's this is like she looks fun. I want to play her. It works. But I have some concerns about how much they're giving these new characters. Yeah, it, it truly is an OP like build for sure. You think about like you think about what kind of alts could combo with an invulnerability for three or four seconds. That's a lot of time for someone to be really frustratedly shooting at a whole team and then they're just doing nothing. You know, when you could literally combo a bunch of alts during that when you normally have to hide or I think of like for instance like 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 Junkrat when he well, rips his tire. That. He's he's standing there for two seconds, he rips the tire. No longer does he have to hide if he combos that, but they could combo other things at the same time. It seems like that's gonna be a very frustrating part um if you're fighting against a team that is dealing with that alt. It kind of feels like the death of Zarya because we already had yeah. Baptiste having the invulnerability yeah whatever that ability is called and now we're giving another character the idea of being able to do that zenyatta already had transcendence even moira with her ult you could sometimes just pop that on your party and keep everyone alive uh, i will say that Kriko looks super fun to play i oh, mean yeah. you know lucio oh, was the king of mobility and Kriko's going to be right up there with him I, I love the idea of being able to teleport to people through walls. Being able to get back to the party quicker is awesome and definitely key. As Mercy, I can't tell you how many times I wish my party member would just slow down for two seconds. Yeah. That way I could <laughs> yep. guardian angel to them. Yes. But they keep turning around corners. And now with Kuriko, you'll just be able to be there. Uh, I will say that her ult does seem a little underwhelming. She shoots out like a spectral fox. And then if you follow the fox, you get a bonus to speed and attack, uh, yeah. you know, attack numbers. So I don't know how that'll work, but definitely seems like a really fun class to play. Yeah, as a person that really mains support or tank, I will be drawn to her very quickly. Just also just... Uh, Man, I, 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 what you said about mercy truly resonates. I hate it when I can't get around and heal people, and this solves that. So it, it's, it's pretty cool. Big selling point. Yeah. All right. Well, our last story of the week, which we'll knock out pretty quickly here because there's only so much to talk about anyway. But Nintendo Direct came out with an announcement trailer for the Breath of the Wild two. We now know it will be called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Apparently, there was some debate. Is it Tears or Tears of the Kingdom? But we're pretty sure it's Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. And it is set to release May 12th, 2023. Michael, you famously do not like Breath of the Wild. You're in the minority there. This game definitely looks to be a lot of what Breath of the Wild offered. So I was curious to get your take, Michael. Is this something that you have any real desire to play? I mean, I, I I don't dislike Breath of the Wild. I just think it was it wasn't the the game the world breaker that people think it is. That being said, this looks like the exact same game. Uh, they just added some verticality to it, where you can go up and down now on the floating islands. There's a couple things like that. Um, it looks like you know there's more flying options, flying on like this little 
kite looking thing uh looks like a stealth bomber but you're standing on it um I'm 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 lukewarm on this. I would like to go back and try it. The biggest thing that I didn't like about Breath of the Wild is the world felt remarkably empty to me. And so if they solve that, I think this game could be a much better game, but it really looks like same old, same old to me. I don't think it's going to be the jump that we expect from like Grand Theft Auto 5 to 6. The jump from Breath of the Wild to Tears or Tears doesn't look like it's going to be <laughs> as, as drastic. Well, to be fair, it's definitely a truncated timeline in between games. But That's yeah, true. what 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 do you think, Josh, in watching this? I I like Breath of the Wild. I I you know it is a very fun game. I agreed with Michael in that I think it is slightly overrated for what it is. I didn't see anything innovative with this. And I think that's my biggest thing with it. I think the game looks fun. Don't get me wrong. I will buy this game the day of release. My wife and I will play it together over the next couple of weeks. I am excited for it. So don't think that, you know, this is tempering my excitement. The only thing I just, it kind of just looks like more of the same. Now we didn't see enough. Maybe they've introduced a lot of new mechanics. There are some, you know, if you break this trailer down, there's a lot of neat snippets on this. Um, Link has like glowing vials in place of his Sheikah slate that he had. Um, we're not sure what those are, whether they're like some kind of potion or ability or something like that. There's a lot of verticality that they showed in this, um, floating, floating islands, dungeons in the sky, you know, Link climbing up these floating rocks to go up into the sky. I think the verticality idea is neat. But is that really innovative or is it just, you know, we, we don't know enough yet. I will say that the trailer, while I went, ooh, finally, Breath of the Wild 2, and then I kind of went, well, okay, yeah, that looks looks kind of like Breath of the Wild 1. <laughs> well, it's this is a very short teaser. Yes, this is the announcement trailer. They're not trying to show anything major. They do not say anything in regards to story they don't show a single weapon you don't see a single ounce of combat it's clearly just to give you a glimpse of the world and in that regard i thought it was interesting so we know it's exactly the same area as breath of the wild they're using the same map as before but they are changing things we don't know exactly the timeline or when this game takes place or if there will be time jumps we do see some things like Link's corrupted arm. We see the corrupted Master Sword. We have no idea what any of that stuff's going to be about. But I was kind of curious to know if there was anything in particular that you're hoping for from Tears of the Kingdom. I know for me, what I want to see are more of the Divine Beasts. Because in Breath of the Wild, there were only four of them. And I thought that they were so incredibly fun. Those were the highlights of Breath of the, the Wild. They were the highlights of the game. Yep. And, and a couple of them are pretty short. And so you knock out those four pretty quick. I really hope that this one will have like eight or ten and just provide more content in that regard. Because I thought those were so fun. I agree with you on that. I, I am excited about the nature of the stuff that's in the sky versus the stuff that's on the ground. They showed... They showed Link on, it looked like a green goblin glider kind of thing at one point where it's like he's flying around, like standing on this flying machine. Um, and so I think we are going to have these dual realms almost. And I think that the, if they do it right, which Nintendo probably will, there will be some very, very neat interactions on that. Um, I don't know what I'm hoping for, to be honest. Like I'm hoping for Breath of the Wild, but with a little bit of innovation thrown in like don't just give me a little bit more of the same and just a different adventure to do i want to see them 
innovate just a little bit. Like the the base game is fine. You don't need to mess with it too much, but just give me a little bit more of that. Um, it mix up some things, I, you know, again, it's early. I'm not trying to sound like I'm disappointed in this by any means. It's just hard to tell where they're going with it yet. Well, let's see how much you can innovate on a N- Nintendo switch. Well, yeah, <laughs> sorry. You can, you can innovate a lot. I, I think this All game right. definitely is bringing those innovations. Just simply the fact that you are, Flying and spending all this time in the sky is very different than Breath of the Wild. There also seems to be a time rewind feature. So you see, like Josh had mentioned, where you're almost like climbing falling boulders. The difference is that the boulder starts on the ground, and then it seems like you can reverse its path and follow it back up into the sky. Now, we've seen mechanics like that in other games. Like, it takes two. There's an entire level built around reversing the path that different objects took. So that's not necessarily innovative full stop, but I think that'll be part of the innovation. You get to rewind and see where did these objects come from? Where were they before? How did they get to where they are now? And I think that might be a little bit of that innovation. But clearly at this point, we just have no idea what this game is going to be. I mean, we literally just found out the name. The fact that it's coming out in May does seem awfully soon. I'll be curious to see if they can stick to that timeline. I bet they will. It'd be cool if they could apply some of that time innovation to some of the puzzles. That might be really interesting. Yeah, I think they will. That's one of the best things about Zelda games is the puzzles yeah. that you have to do and solve. And the I don't shrines. think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna miss on that. To be honest, yeah. You know, uh, this game's gonna be great. I don't mean to sound negative because I'm not. I just mean with this particular trailer, they did show some stuff, and you can kind of, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that you can pick out in it. I'm just anxious to see more before I say whether I think this is gonna be like better or worse than the first one. Um, but I mean, it's Zelda, it's Breath of the Wild. This game's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think part of my tepid response is really just because this close to the launch of the game, we're seeing kind of a, a teaser release trailer, no gameplay, nothing like that. And it's probably, it's going to be awesome. It's going to innovate, I'm sure. It's just, it, the trailer kind of just, to me, was just like, meh. But I know there's things in it we can break down and say it's going to be good. Yeah, it's just simply an announcement. They just want to let us know it's officially coming. All right. Well, I think that wraps up what is probably our longest twig oh. episode. I don't, I don't know for sure, but yeah, we're looking at a good, you know, 45 minutes plus at, at this episode. So thank you so much for sticking around and listening to it. We hope that you will join us again on Saturday for a short quick take episode. And then we will be back with an hour long bonus, excuse me, an hour long bonus round episode on Monday. And we can't wait for you guys to join us again there. Please follow us on socials at multiplayer pod. And come join us on Discord. You can follow the link in the episode description. And as a reminder, our Patreon is at MultiplayerSquad.com. Anything else, guys? Or are we good to go? Go check out our TikTok if you want to. Yeah. Oh, the TikTok! <laughs> come throw us I a follow a bold, on TikTok. I made a bold statement last week in, uh, in our episode. I'm going to hold that, you to that statement, too, Michael. Nobody has liked... Uh, either the TikTok or the uh, it's like the, it's like it's a hidden thing. Come on, get Flying Wild Hog at Flying Wild Hog. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> yes, go, all right, go check us out on TikTok and you'll know what Michael's talking about. Yeah, and yep, that's all I got. Cheers, all. All right, thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. All right, see everybody.